today on 2C Fans. What are their main predators? Like what would eat a seahorse? Well, a, a baby seahorse, they, they just tend to float um, with other um, zooplankton. So, so like anything that or... eats zooplankton. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. a lot of things. That's like a, to me, Jelly. you know, I got to, this is probably going to sound really silly, but to me, they look like those tiny little, like, dried onions that you sprinkle on soup. They're like these tiny <laughs> little flecks in the water. <laughs> They're really small. Hello, and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat. I'm Joe Nicholson. And I'm Haley Rutger. You might notice that uh, Joe introduced the show, which is usually my job, but we are switching the male and female role. Ooh, for some mysterious reason. Yeah, just for today. And we want you to guess why during the show. Yeah, guess. But for now, let's introduce our awesome guest, Amanda Hodo. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it. So tell us, what's your job here at Moat? Um, I'm an aquarium biologist one, and I am actually head of the Seahorse Conservation Lab at Moat. Um, and I have several other exhibits, but that's my main role right now. Wow. Oh, very cool. So who is Amanda? Where Where is Amanda from? Um, I was actually born and raised on the south side of Chicago. So um, spent... Midwestern girl. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, there's something about people from the Midwest coming to Florida and working in marine science. I don't know what it is, but you're, <laughs> you're definitely not the first one. It, it, it wouldn't be perhaps the weather, Haley, would it? I don't know, Joe. No? I better not speculate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That's my Haley. But how did you get here? How did you, how did you get into this field? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of, in terms of places, I've been all over. So I grew up in Chicago in the city, and then I went to college in the middle of the cornfields in Iowa (laughs) at Grinnell College. Okay. You know what Iowa stands for? I ought to went around. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, geez. Hey, a, a very good friend of mine from Iowa told me that. Okay. I have to believe that it. That must mean it's true. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so for real, Iowa produces cool people who study seahorses. Um, so I was a general biology major at Grinnell, um, and there weren't any marine science courses that I could take, but I knew I was interested in it um, from years and years of going to the Shedd Aquarium as a child in Chicago. So um, I spent my summers doing marine science-related things out of state. And then uh, right after graduation, Moat accepted me as an intern, as an aquarium husbandry intern, and the Moat story began there. It's so, like most people at Moat, you know, we either start as volunteers or interns. Is that, that's true of you too, huh? Yeah, I started as a volunteer. Wow. I'm the only one here right now who didn't. I, I interned somewhere else and then came here. Traitor. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> I've been here nine years. I can't be a traitor now. No, oh, okay. How many, or almost nine. How many years have you been here, Amanda? Um, it'll be three on New Year's, so. Wow. Yay, yeah. three years. And you're already it's running crazy. the Seahorse Lab. You're really. Oh, by fast. She's moving up fast. You are. You must be doing a good job. Look out, Amanda. Run you right over. <laughs> oh, no, she won't. She will just. Tell you awesome facts about seahorses. Okay, and she's pretty good at fantasy football, too. <laughs> That's not what this is about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, uh, maybe tell our listeners about, they all probably have seen a picture of a seahorse, but what kind of animal is it and, and what distinguishes it? It's got a fish body and a horse Shh. head. <laughs> it's a uh, bony fish. Ooh. So um, it has a very, very distinct 
head that reminds people of a horse's head, which sea is part of where seahorse came from. Um, but it does have a really distinct tail as well. So it has a prehensile tail, almost like a monkey tail, mm. that they use to hold on to um, other, decor other decorations or um, plants in the wild um, mm -hmm. because they actually have four four fins, but they are not strong swimmers at all, so. I don't even know where all those fins are. Yeah, so I've seen some on the back of a seahorse. Yeah. What, on the sides, uh -huh. they're peck fins. Uh, they have one on either side of their cheek. Oh. Really? Um, and then they have the one on their back, right. and then they actually have a very, very clear, very small, hard to see one um, that's an anal fin. Okay. So, it's, so they don't have peck fins. They're well, on their they're on their face. They're they're by their cheeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Joe is putting his hands by his face and doing like doing jazz hands. <laughs> Real what? Well, what is their uh, life cycle like? Because you raise them, I guess, from young to adult here, right? Yeah. So, um, in seahorses, um, the male actually gets pregnant. So um, the female has. And develops the eggs and then she passes them to the male who has a pouch that he keeps the eggs in and they grow up in there and he gives them all the nutrients that they need oh. and then he actually has contractions and they come out in like a cloud so it's it's pretty awesome and then once they're out though they're completely on their own the babies oh. so they have a they have a tough childhood ahead of them yeah so the um so could that be a clue Geez, make it any more obvious, would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen a seahorse birth happen in the lab? I'm sure. By I now. have, yeah. yeah. Um, typically, they give birth at night, um, okay. and that makes sense because it's dark um, in the wild, and, you know, there's a lot of predators out there. And as I said, yeah. yeah so um, they don't have, seahorses don't really have defenses, so that's are, kind of their best chance to give their young. Well, what are their main predators like what would eat a seahorse well a, a baby seahorse they they just tend to float um with other um zooplankton so, so like anything that eats zooplankton gotcha. yeah which is a lot of things yeah, yeah a lot of things that's like a to me Jellies. you know i gotta this is probably gonna sound really silly but to me they look like those tiny little like dried onions that you sprinkle on soup they're like these tiny little <laughs> flecks in the water they're really small <laughs> yeah and bigger seahorses, though, the, the main threat to them would be the um, Chinese medicine trade and um, souvenirs. So people love to... But um, nothing in the wild eats a... Um, not commonly, um, just because they are so bony. Um, there, you know, isn't really... Much nutritional material. Much meat on yeah. them, you know, so... Mm -hmm. um, so those those things all over. What makes their skin look so prickly? That's bony plates, or um, what? What is that that gives them that kind of structure? Is that all bone? Yeah. So they have bony plates, and then their skin stretched over those bony plates. And um, do they have scales there, or no? They don't. They ah. don't have scales, but they actually have this this skin. Mm -hmm. um, and hmm. yeah, it's a so, little it's a little different from your traditional. Fish. Scaled fish, yeah. I have so, a feeling that most people who see these don't right away know that they are fish. Right. If they If they haven't been to an aquarium or yeah. looked at this yeah. stuff. Speaking of which, what kind of seahorses do we have here at Moat? Yeah. 
We actually have three different kinds. So Mm -hmm. we have dwarf seahorses, Hippocampus zostra, um, and those are found in our local waters. They are really small, so maximum size is about an inch and a half. half. Ooh, that is small. Um, But they are... They're one of the favorites of the guests, I think, mm. because they're so small. Um, it's really hard for people to believe that they're full grown, you know, when they're that they're, when they're that small. I um, have a hard time just picking them out. They are really good at, you know, just they they get really still and they cling on to things, right? Yeah, and seahorses have like they have some great camouflage going on. So yeah. I said before that they don't really have defenses, but camouflage is one of the things that they can. They, they can do well. So um, so what else do we have? Yeah, what other? are the other species? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have potbelly seahorses, and those are on display in the Oh Baby Life Cycles of the Sea exhibit. Mm. Um, and those are, are naturally found in the colder waters of New Zealand and Australia. So uh, those okay. aren't a local species, um, but they're very, very cool species, and they're one of the largest species of seahorses. Now, is it just seahorses, or do we have any other kind of animal here that's related. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Did we miss one? Yeah. Did, well, I we think we one? missed one. We did. There's Which one, one did we miss? The lined seahorse. The lined seahorse. Oh, yeah, goodness. That's the, we don't want to miss that one. That's the main species that we're breeding in the lab right now. Yeah. So pretty important. That's um, the one you see every day in and out, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and those are Hippocampus erectus is their scientific name. Um, and those are also a local species. Cool. What were you going to say, Joe? <laughs> I was going to ask if there was any other kind of um, species here that's related to the seahorse that um, we also may have. Because I think there's some, like a dragon of the sea or tuna of the sea. <laughs> what are you whatever it's called. Chicken of the chicken, sea. Chicken of the sea, that's it. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything. Okay. Okay. Do we? We do. What's it called? Uh, we have ribbon pipefish, um, ribbon pipefish, ribbon pipe, I've heard ribbon pipe horses, um, but I generally call them ribbon pipefish because they're um, most closely related to other pipefish. Um, and they are unique in the fact that their pouch is a little different. So still like uh, seahorses, the male gives birth and takes care of the babies you know, before birth. Yeah. Um, but their pouch is a little different. So in what way? It's kind of divided off. It's sectioned off, and um, it opens more like a trench coat. So it's tucked in, and and then when he's trying to attract a mate, attract a mate, gotcha. um, he will actually flare out both sides and to try to show the female. Look, look at the condition of look my Look at pouch. my magnificence. It's look at awesome. my masculinity. Look at my pouch. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yes. And it's just kind of a look at this. This is awesome. You should put your eggs in here because yes. it's clean. There's nothing in here. And I would take really good care of them. <laughs> and I am a magnificent beast. Yes, you Pretty are. Much. Yes, you okay. are, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, really pretty, though. They're from Australia. Is that right? Or somewhere around there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, they are really, really cool. They, I love their all their little leafy, leafy projections. They really do mm-hmm. look kind of dragonish. Now, do the visitors like like the seahorses or those guys more? Um, I think seahorses move around a lot more mm-hmm. than than our ribbons do. Um, and I think there's something about seahorses that our guests just love. They I mean, love. yeah, but they. They're constantly hungry, <laughs> constantly. So they're always 
they're always in the front of their exhibits, kind of like moving around, swimming back and forth, kind of wrapping their tails around each other. And I think people really, really love watching them interact with each other um, because they are very social. Huh. So um, I hear they have longer term um, pair bonds between males and females. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. So as long as the female is around and the male, vice versa, mm-hmm. um, they will maintain their, their pair bond and they'll continually mate. Um, and, you know, if, if by chance they lose track of each other or something happens, then they, don't, they won't necessarily immediately remate. They kind of, like, need some time. To get um, over the relationship. Something like that. Yeah, read not, a couple of books, maybe go for coffee a couple of times. I was going to say that I was going to try not to anthropomorphize that too much, <laughs> but you just went and did it. I totally dove you in. Just I just <laughs> went and did dove it. Dove in. Oh, How long do seahorses live for? Yeah. It depends on the species. Okay, so like the lion seahorse. The lion seahorse um, is around five to six years. So it's not that long a marriage. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> That's where you're going. Oh, That's where I was totally going. Paw bellies are eight to ten years. Whoa! Oh, those big guys. Yeah. Do they? And I just gotta ask, how big is that pot belly? Is it really obvious? Is that why they? Oh yeah. Name? Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> the female probably thinks a male with a huge belly is very cute. <laughs> Sweet. I'm just, I'm just guessing. <laughs> My kind of fish. I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Um, we were going to ask you, like, how, uh, which seahorses are we breeding here, and, mm-hmm. and I, what, why do we do that? So um, we're currently breeding um, the line seahorses, mainly in the, in the conservation lab. Um, we also recently started breeding the dwarfs again, cool. um, and it's really, really exciting because I think one of my favorite parts of my job is watching something grow from, you know, so, so, so tiny to an adult Mm -hmm. um, and then sharing that with the world. So um, one of the great things about the conservation lab and one of the main purposes of it is that we can raise seahorses and then send them to other zoos and aquariums, other um, AZA or Association of Zoos and Aquariums um, that have a need. Um, they, if they're trying to start their own seahorse programs or um, show them off for educational reasons, um, then we can send them some of our seahorses and then they in turn do not have to take seahorses from the wild. So it's a larger conservation effort and um, it's really fabulous, you know, to be able to talk to other zoos and aquariums and help them out and you know maybe they can help us out later on in return but it's a great program we've sent we've sent our seahorses to over 60 different zoos and aquariums thus far so in what like what parts of the country generally have they gone to um all over but um largely um other aquariums in the south (laughs) and um aquariums in the in the east Mm -hmm. so Amanda, mm-hmm. how challenging is it to take care of seahorses? Um, it's it's time consuming. That's the biggest the biggest challenge is that it's it's very time consuming. Um, to they need clean water. They need really clean water and um, a clean atmosphere. So I spend most of my time cleaning and feeding. And, I would imagine and feeding. They eat a lot, so um, they don't have actual stomachs. 
they have more like a GI tract, so they have to eat a lot more and more often. almost. So maybe not as maybe not as efficient in getting the nutrients out of the food. Right. Okay. Right. So um, they eat a lot. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> food goes <laughs> yeah. in. Food, food goes, goes out. In, food goes out. Um, and they need clean water. So it's a it's a time consuming process, but. Um, so it's not like somebody with a home aquarium would easily be able to, uh, you know, grow or raise or even just enjoy having their own seahorse at home. Well, it's actually relatively common. So I've had quite a few visitors really? come up to me and tell me um, oh. that they had their own seahorse seahorses at home and ask me questions and everything like that. But it's just as long as you do your research beforehand and you're you're adequately prepared for the time and um, effort that it's going to take then then it's possible it's possible it so let, let's say seahorse versus puppy mm. <laughs> i'm not sure that's a comparison we can make i don't think that is but uh you know yeah. okay i don't know cool is that yeah which one if am i allowed and to ask which one's harder <laughs> uh i would probably say puppy wow really? um but i think the the hardest work for seahorses comes from breeding as well so when they're young they need so much more attention so much more food so much more everything and they're so vulnerable when they're that young um but once you have an adult seahorse or even like a juvenile you're you're good you're a lot you're a lot better off yeah i'm gonna guess too that like some sources of seahorses are much more sustainable than others so that's probably something where you have to do your research Yeah. yeah yeah so definitely um choosing you know where you're where you're getting them from making sure it's a source that's sustainable and that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. and you know 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 a decent amount about so yeah mm-hmm. cool so yeah. what for the record we don't sell them don't ask we do not <laughs> no don't we, ask. Don't, we don't have our own little i get asked here. all the time you do yeah. oh my god yeah. well but what, which ones live here in florida which um, seahorses live in dwarf seahorses and lion seahorses. Excuse me, lined, lined seahorses. Sea I had a hard time saying that one. Um, so the ones that we see, so we see the lion and the dwarf, and um, and then when people come to see these guys in the aquarium, mm-hmm. um, I mean, what do you want them to look for visually, or what do you want them to remember, like factually, when they leave? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really amazing the variation of seahorses like within the same species. So um, people come into the lab um, and they ask, you know, are these all different species? Because there's so many different colors, mm-hmm. but they're actually all the same species and they all they just look different because they have their own kind of individual patterns. And then they're also changing depending on what um, decorations they're with and what colors they're around. So I've seen like the lined guys. Have you seen them, Joe, where they're like either almost like brown, I think, and then there's mm-hmm. some really orange ones mm-hmm. and some really yellow ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, Wide array of colors. I have a couple that are like like a dark, dark orangey red, like rust color. Those are pretty, It's yeah. really cool. And then I've had one, um, I had one that had a, like a yellow head and then a completely white body. Like Whoa. they just, they come, they just come in so many different colors. Have they, have you had one the color of a candy corn yet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you candy almost. Candy corn is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's nodding with his eyes wide open. Oh, 
guys hating on the tradition. I did have, um, there was one instance I, it, I still like love talking about it, but when I was um, working in O'Baby and I had uh, the pop LAC horses and we were breeding them, mm-hmm. I had uh, a backup holding tank um, that had a couple of juveniles in it with Valentine's Day decorations. So I had some hearts, some zip tie hearts that were red and pink. Oh, yeah. And I had one seahorse that used to hang out on it all the time. And slowly but surely, its tail turned red. Whoa. Really? Yeah, it was striped. You know, because when they're, when they're, when pot bellies are juveniles and when they're babies, they're typically still very, very dark. That's the color that when they're born, they're like a very, very dark brown, almost black. Um, and this particular individual had a dark brown and bright red striped tail for several months yeah it was it was really awesome that's awesome yeah but i want people to look at you know their ability to camouflage um because it's pretty astounding um what they can do and they can actually some of them will look more hairy than others and they can actually those those hair projections are called siri Mm. and they can actually absorb those and grow them and when we're talking about the Siri, those projections on the seahorse, we mean they're spelled C-I-R-R-I. Yeah, and, I think and so. not like Siri, the S-I-R-I, the iPhone assistant. <laughs> so exactly. just get your Siri straight. No, so they use that technique for camouflage as well. They do. So in the wild, I, I have ten, tended to see them a lot more hairy. So mm. um, they blend in with the algae and the seagrass a lot more. Um, but they can actually absorb this these Siri, reabsorb them, and then grow them as they see fit. So, um, if people are looking at the looking at the seahorses in the lab, they might see some that look really hairy, while some <laughs> of them don't have any Siri at all. And those aren't necessarily the men. No. Correct. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Well, thank you very much, Amanda, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been it's been entertaining as well as informative. Very awesome. We know what much more about seahorses than we did before. We hope you guys um, do too and take home some good facts. And uh, in honor of today's conversation, Joe, I think you should take the show out. Thank you, Haley. This has been a wonderful time. And uh, join us again in two weeks for another episode of Two Sea Fans.